Speedway proudly presents Rapid On Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners, recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Here's Rapid On Racing. Good evening and welcome to the December 19th report for Rappin' on Racing. We sent Howie Bayless to the Performance Racing Industry Show, and he has some excellent interviews. Lenny Baticki from Performance Racing Network, Jim and Brian Bernheisel from Laser Chassis, Brad Boxler, the General Manager at Jennerstown Speedway, we also have comments from Tim McCready, Max Pappas, and Dave Russell, the owner of Speedway 77. This will be our final show for December, and I want to wish everybody in your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. This is the Banker Bob Thought. It's interesting the idea of a long life appeals to everyone. However, the idea of being old doesn't really appeal to anyone. At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust. But with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's 1-800-894-4455. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. Right now we're going to grab a word with PRN's at the track, Lenny Baticki. Lenny, you spent a lot of time here on Rapping on Racing. 
but you're normally the one doing the interview. Now you're getting interviewed. Welcome to Wrapping on Racing. Well, such an honor, you know, uh, everything that Don does and uh, all of you guys uh, that are there. Dave Oliveri, a legend in his own deal. And, of course, you, Howie, who's your heart's so into it. And, you know, that shows in the photos and in everything you do. It's an honor to be a, just a small, small guest part of uh, the family of Rapid on Racing. Well, you know, you mentioned about me, but I got to tell you, you do so much for racing to promote the sport, to promote the drivers. And... You are honestly the unsung hero. I mean, you devote your whole life to this sport. And uh, on behalf of everybody who races and uh, the fans, I just want to thank you for what you do. Well, somebody uh, better than me was quoted as saying, uh, racing gave me the uh, family I thought I'd never have. And really, the racing family is my family. So I get to introduce some friends, make some new friends, and showcase some friends that I think a lot of folks, uh, you know, would be excited to know and their stories at PRNs at the track and the, what I do with Rapid On Racing. What are some of your highlights out of the 2022 season? Well, the, the highlight for me as far as the show went was a, uh, a female sprint car racer from Indiana who uh, about six, uh, maybe eight weeks before her victory in a sprint car had gave birth. And uh, I asked her, you know, how tough was it to rebound so quickly? And she went, well, I didn't, didn't tell the doctor. And uh, the, the real toughness came between the heats and the uh, feature where I had to come in and feed the baby while my husband worked in the car. And feeding the baby, I got what she was saying. Um, so she had to do that and then go out and win not only the heats but the feature. She was amazing, and it was just so, uh, so um, unbelievable to hear that kind of grassroots story of Husband working on car, mom working in the race car, and then still having to take care of baby and the race car all at the same time. You probably got a million stories <laughs> like that. But, you know, we all do this out of love. What aspect of the racing do you like best? The competition, when you see them out there side by side, battling, giving it their all, or the camaraderie in the pits when somebody has an issue pulls in and there's five teams over there changing his tire well that's always the most amazing thing it, the, what really you know makes me happy is to be a, a pa announcer to be able to make the fans see what we see as hardcore insiders when a when a driver is starting to set up another driver and you could tell that two or three laps ahead he's starting at the flag stand starting to work in a different line and then you can get their attention to that driver, ready them for the pass, and then the driver pays it off because you could see it ahead and help that new fan understand how those small little moves that the driver was doing to prepare laps ahead made that pass. You know, that is one aspect I never really thought of. I know it's it's great because it's something that anybody can compete in. You don't have to be the most athletic um, there's a spot for everybody in racing. There really is. And if you don't want to drive, like I, I've never had the passion to get behind the wheel. I was a BMX racer and won my trophies there and then came here and I could feel the energy and the vibe here. And it's taken me the rest of my career. And, you know, some fans just want to be fans. They want to see their driver. They want to be as passionate as any Stiller. Am I saying that right? Stiller fan or, you know, Penguins fan. All of them, what they do they have their drivers, whether it's Max Blair, whether it's uh, A.J. Flick, whether it's guys that, you know, compete negatively against those guys. The passion is what racing is all about. 
Now, I do have a question for you. Lucas Late Model Series announced yesterday they're going to change their uh, way they crown their champion. They're going with the NASCAR playoff system almost, a version of it, we'll call it. What do you think of that? I think typically when we make a change in a rule, whether it's a mini-stock rule, whether it's a points rule, whether it's just where you're supposed to park when you show up at Lernerville, you know, hey, I've been parking here for 20 years, that that first year is just a rough year. Everybody has to get acclimated to it and buy into the vision. So I don't expect it to be the most overwhelming success or most overwhelmingly loved new change. But I don't say that we don't need to make some changes and maybe move in a parking spot for some guy at Lernerville helps everybody else maybe making this change and being observant to what worked and what didn't and be flexible of mind enough to continue to adapt whatever they're trying to do. I think it's going to put a heck of a lot of pressure on the driver who wins the championship because you know what? You look at the NASCAR style format and almost every time the champion ends up winning that final race. Now we look at the Dirt Track World Championship this year. We had a rookie who I'm not going to say was unknown, but we're not going to say was probably in the top 10 named drivers in Dirt Late Model Race and go out there and win that race. Do you see that happening again or not with the way that the Lucas is doing it with the Dirt Track World Championship being that final point race. Well, I think the uh, move to Eldora is going to be the biggest changer. Uh, For whatever reason, it seemed like the track was really dominant in one lane and Garrett had that lane and did what anybody else in the feature would have done. He, He controlled the traffic and won the race. So, more in whatever the circumstances were that the track was trying to adjust to, and it just became a one-laner. And that, that happens. Could happen at Eldora, too, but it's less likely there. So I think there'll be a, a broader uh, range there. Um, you know, I think it's going to make for some heated discussion. But I'll tell you this about the NASCAR world. One of the things that Rapid on Racing fans need to realize is that a Pittsburgh family helped win that with the Geisler family and Travis Geisler, the man behind the pit box, coaching in the entire performance of Penske Racing. What a tribute to the Steel City and the Steel City area that the Geisler family was a major part of Joey Logano's uh, NASCAR championship. And you're right, Travis Geisler, one of the more unsung heroes in racing and from Cranberry, Pennsylvania originally. And, um, I mean, he went down there, and, and to be where he's at, I believe he is, like, in charge of Penske NASCAR, like the third highest guy there. And that's just an amazing story right there. Well, Don keeps telling me his major, uh, you know, talent is being father of Don's grandkids. So, uh, you know, <laughs> no, Don loves him. And, you know, but um, Travis is fantastic. A, an engineering mind that I think every team would love to have 10 of. And for Penske to have him and the thought process that he's brought to well, an a iconic organization to lift it even higher, that is, uh, that's something proud for all the Allegheny Valley area. And Western Pennsylvania is definitely proud where Geisler, his father made a name for himself as a driver, and his brother made a name for himself in the racing world when he worked for um, um, WRG. Oh, how about the Andy Belmont days? Remember uh, when they got, uh, you know, the uh, internet company on there and all? Man, those were some days there. Hey, you got mail, and it was Andy Belmont. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that, but I mean, you know, you just look, there's been so much greatness that came out of western pennsylvania and um i gotta ask you a question 
you personally, you live down in North Carolina. Are you a dirt more dirt fan or more asphalt? The dirt tracks have a broader bit of com- uh, competition. You can go there on any night and really see it. Sometimes pavement will produce an amazing race, but it's not as frequent as what you see. But it's really the people. I go to a track, and I'm looking forward to If I'm at Latrobe, I'm hunting you down because I want to see my friend. I want to go see you, and you're going to point out cool, two or three cool things. And the, the friendship, that's what I go to racing for, and I think... If fans remember that, that we're there to be together as the racing family, that's why we go. And we can point at this driver. And if you and I were sitting next to the grass, I'd probably pick somebody that you'd like just to poke you, you know, just like friends would. And I think that's what's so fun. I'll tell you what, you, you've done a lot of announcing, and I think you'll agree with me. There's nothing more exciting for me than a driver getting a career first. Oh, for, for them to see the family in the grandstands. And I love it when it's second, third, even a fourth-generation driver finally reached that spot. But I have as much fun selling a snow cone or a big bunch of popcorn or a funnel cake, which is my personal favorite. Yeah, I like the funnel cakes, too. We, <laughs> they do have good ones up at all the tracks in western Pennsylvania. And, uh, Lenny, I know you're here out at PRI trying to make some moves. And uh, I want to thank you again for all that you do for racing and for your time. Howie, any time to be on Rapid on Racing, to be anything to help you, Latrobe, Jennerstown, Lernerville, all the tracks in there, and uh, to be a small part of the family. That Pittsburgh was where I won my first BMX Nationals at the North Park track in 79, so I've always loved that area, and uh, just glad to be back as a part of racing there. Thank you again. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to thank all of our marketing partners who helped make our 2022 a success. Rourke Automotive Group, Cheplick Packing, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, Rock Auto, Next Gen Outdoor Services, Summit Racing Equipment, Basil Race Fuels, Coca-Cola, Calusi Chevrolet, The Coriopolis Record, Isley's, J.D. Hall Excavating, Octane Customs, Precise Racing Products, Hoosier Tire Mid-Atlantic, Racing Junk, Rhino Racing Classifieds, Yingling, Zarin Truck and Automotive, and Zoofall Communications. We would like to also congratulate our 2022 champions in the Rush Late Models, Philip Ubeck, in the Hobby Stocks, Frank McGill, for the Chuplick Series, Logan Catellis, in the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, AJ Poljack, in the Open Four Cylinders, Craig Rudolph, and in the Young Guns, Emmy Laboon. Stay tuned to our social media channels and our website, ppms.com, for upcoming information regarding our 2023 racing season. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. 
Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and JWC, JWCA are unaffiliated entities. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. Race fans, right now we're going to get a word with the two-time Lucas Oil Late Model Champion, back-to-back championships for the number 39 of Tim McCready. Tim, congratulations on that second championship. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, it, was, um, it wasn't always perfect this year. Uh, up and down a little bit. We struggled a little bit at the beginning, but man, we hit our stride mid midsummer and was able to uh, close it out, which is just a testament to the, the guys behind me and the entire Paler Motorsports team. Um, it, it was a great year. Now you made the switch over to Paler Motorsports. Oh, what about three seasons ago now, and two championships. Um, you've driven a lot of ma- different cars: the Warriors, the Rockets, uh, the Longhorns. Are you able to take any of that technology from the Rockets and the Warriors and put it towards Longhorn, or every year you come out with a clean book and basically got to learn the car again? I think it's a little bit of both. I think um, as as the rules change or as uh, the industry migrates in this direction or that direction, you got to have an open mind. Um, how you drove these cars back when I started in 2002 or three is not, not how you drive them today, and the cars have evolved and um it's my job as a driver to uh, keep my mind open and understand that maybe it's not all it's not all the car all the time. Maybe I need to make myself better. And then also, you drive many different cars like I have over the years. You can learn a little, but but it, it's all about the design of the car. Some of these cars aren't designed the same. And the beauty of our sport is, as a guy like me, I've done it enough that you just uh, you just go where the go where the setup leads you. If you if you do it right and you pay attention to stopwatch and you try things over and over again and understand these cars you can get to where you want to be just basically by racing and uh that's kind of how we do it we have a we have a baseline setup every year that we think is going to work and but it's also a clean slate where we'll go wherever direction we need to go and it's based off of being competitive you mentioned the Taylor motorsports team and when you came there you also kind of joined uh rumley you were driving the six a little bit and you ended up getting out of the six and just maintaining the 39 ride is that advantage just being with the one team versus going between rumley and the 39 um it depends i mean when we were doing we were doing the six cars a little bit i did it was more of um kind of what they're doing today when they had uh, overton drive it last uh, weekend was it's a test car it has some little things that are different from what we normally sell to the customer and, and we're hoping that our idea is to go on to that car translate into a better customer car down the road so how do you prove that out you put back then i was driving it i'd drive it x amount of races and then and then anything we thought was an advantage we would incorporate into our own stuff either later that year during the winter prove it out with testing and then you know not so long after that would move on to different teams and different customers until you find hopefully a better product and um the beauty of the, the Kevin Rumley deal, it enables them to not have no pressure of performing every week for points, other things that are going on. So it's kind of why they're doing the five car this year is to be able to have a bunch of late model guys drive this car and see if it's 
where the car is going to go for the future of, of Longhorn, you know, and um, for us, for me personally, I can do both. I mean, it's a matter of having good people. Kevin has his people on his side. That car is going to be prepared, ready to race. My guys at Paler Motorsports, our cars are prepared, ready to race. As a driver, it's just a matter of adapting and, and, and keeping an open mind. Uh, the, the one thing about driving test cars or even testing things, you got to have an open mind. You can't be so sure that it's going to work that that's all that matters, that it works, if that makes any sense. Because at the end of the day, it might not work. And you give it to Brandon Overton, you give it to Jonathan Davenport, uh, Mike Marler, and they might say, man, here's the thing. Yeah, it's got some speed, but we have to work 10 times harder to keep this car up front than we did a month ago when we were just doing the normal deal we did that up until that point. So that, that's what you got to do as a test team. And, and, and uh, you know, sometimes that will drag you down a little bit. But for me, I've driven so many different types of cars. It is no big deal. I, I get in them. You keep a fresh mind. And like I said earlier, the more you set stuff up and the more you change and the more you maneuver around based off of stopwatches and people and, and tire temperatures, this thing will lead you to where the car needs to be to be happy. Now, is it me or does it seem like the Longhorn has a better communication between all the teams or is it just appear that way and also you know you look there's almost a team dedicated to doing nothing but research and development in the rumley car uh i mean i think anytime you're out there racing around and uh certain chassis brands start maybe running better in the minds of other people or major races and you see us talking i mean i've talked to uh, guys that don't even drive long iron cars about ideas of just anything so i think it becomes more prevalent when one car starts to have a small advantage and you see like all of us together um i think most of us in our division are open about helping each other just because this is hard we don't have uh the ability of like a nascar type situation where you've got 50 employees engineers wind tunnel testing we're doing it with a lot of times with two guys maybe three guys and uh and we're racing against a lot of teams that are in the same boat. So when you see us all talking, it's more of just sometimes you broaden your way and, and you might just get you might get some small thing that another guy thinks is irrelevant that goes your way and makes your team run better. But as far as the chassis, I mean, I believe in Longhorns. That's why I'm there. Um, it's up to you guys to believe what, what you guys think are the best. I've seen Rocket guys talking with each other. Right now we're, we're on a high where we have a lot of uh, – Real fast guys are in these cars, and we're at the point where we're not scared to kind of talk to each other. I can't, I can't say for the other teams, the Rockets, the uh, Kryptonites, the the Master Belts, you know, Warriors, them guys, what what their program is. I, I know that my notebook, being the house car team, is open to anybody. We we don't we don't um, our and it might hurt us sometimes, but our notebook's wide open. It's it's just the way it is. Now, you mentioned something about NASCAR, and I remember, oh, God, I'm probably dating myself, about 12 to 14 years ago, you were actually a driver at RCR, and um, you've driven that, you've won the uh, Chili Bowl 100, successful career in big blocks and super lates. Is it an advantage or disadvantage running that many different style of vehicles? I don't think any time you can race um, other disciplines and be around other people that have a different way of thinking would hurt you. It all depends on what you're looking to get out of. I mean, for me personally, all those cars I've driven, I've been directly involved in having ideas, with the exception of the cup stuff or the bush stuff. Um, 
of how to set the car up. Like I, I was really green when I went and ran pavement down with Childress, uh, so I couldn't really help them. I couldn't help them guys when we were in trouble, and and I didn't know what to do to help them. You know, I had guys like Kevin Harvick really was trying to help me. Uh, Scott Wimmer, they were all trying to help me. So the failure on that, on my end of it, was struggle. It was tough for me personally, just because I'm used to always working and figuring things out to go faster, make the car better. Maybe I don't got to do my job as good, but. Driving that car, driving the midget, driving the modifieds, driving these late models, it, it's its opened my eyes to being able to do things different that would help my main program, which obviously is the late models. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, um, the most versatile people in the world usually are pretty good at what they do when they focus on what they focus on. So, um, yeah, I'm all about it. Would you want to try to tackle NASCAR again, or that's uh, over in the past? No, I mean, I, I'd do anything. Um Maybe when I first, I mean, it's been a long time, and I'm not a young guy. Uh, I believe in in racing, your best years, like I am the best version of a driver that I could possibly be sitting here today just because I know what I'm supposed to get out of a race car. I feel like I know what to do when I'm in the race car to make sure that it's not going to be out of the race in 10 laps. And um, that has translated into a lot of money for our race team because of the way I drive today versus what I did even 10 years ago and 15 years ago I was doing that stuff down south uh, if you're asking me what I love to do it yeah for the right opportunity I'd love to prove that I could do it uh, I think when you talk to people down there a lot of them say that they thought I could do it at the end of the day uh, it's black and white I ran 11 shows man like I don't really know if I had a chance to do it I ran 11 races on pavement those are the 11 times I've ever raced on pavement I never had run one pavement race besides a 5 horsepower Briggs and Stratton go-kart before I went down there and ran uh, one Arca race one Bush uh, West race and then then Milwaukee and a Bush car so you tell me I mean um, I would have loved to have done some more somebody that was a reputable wanted to do it do I think I could do it? Yeah it'd be awesome but I also don't live in that world, you know what I mean, that, uh, that they live in. It's a different world. They, they're looking for things that maybe that I'm not. What are the plans for this year? I mean, you know, Lucas made the big announcement at PRI about increasing the championship money in the Final Four. Uh, you know, does that excite you knowing, you know, this year you went into the final race and based on the ability that you and your team had, you secured that championship. Now next year you could have that big lead, go out and have a belt at Eldora and, and lose your championship. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Um, the, the beauty of what they're doing that makes me excited is, is they're pumping way more money into the sport. Who would have thought six years ago we'd see these kind of uh, purses, much less these kind of point funds. So with change comes different ideas of what they want to do. Do I always agree with what they want to do? No. This deal here... Like I said, back in my early career, I would make a lot of mistakes and would um, it'd be that guy in fourth, third, and, and it'd be winning a bunch of races, but also be getting in a bunch of wrecks. And, and I was so green. Now I've gotten better, and, 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 and hopefully I've done a better job of point racing. Um, I'm on the other side of it. I know this. Like if you're, if you're leading at points all year long, you should have the confidence to go in there. And, I mean, when we locked it up, I had enough confidence going into the last few races that we, we won two out of the last three that we ran, and that's what got us the point title. No matter what anybody wants, but yeah, we had good finish throughout the year to put us in a position, but to finish that deal was to go win at Brownstown, turn around a week later and win at uh, Talladega Short Track. That was the point deal, and that 
is what it's going to take to do this. So now we got it in one race. If it gets the fans excited, gets the teams excited, turns around, somebody comes in with some sponsorship, makes it even bigger. That's just part of the game. I'll adapt to whatever rules package and whatever thing they want to do, and uh, we'll go forward positively trying to get better. They announced today the uh, rebirth of Appalachian Mountain Speed Weeks. <laughs> and I know you had a lot of success back in the day driving the uh, Sweetener Plus car. You had a chance to look at the schedule. Any chance we'll see you coming back? Um, I don't know. I, I mean... I only did it, I think I did it two years maybe. I mean, we, the two years we did it, we got the little uh, point title each year. It, it was a neat little deal. Like, being close to home, it was probably the closest I would ever race to home. You know, two and a half, three, four-hour trips. Uh, midweek, I agreed with the midweek. The weekend stuff was a was kind of when it started to go down, partly because you don't want, I understand how these races go. You, they don't pay 50 grand to win, 20 grand to win. You don't want 20 traveling teams to show up these races and commandeer all this money. But a couple sprinkled in, like a Jimmy Myers one year came out, one or two years came out from Wisconsin, and some dude from Florida shows up. That That is uh, unique for the fans in that area. At a, uh, a limited price to get in, as far as ticket prices are going to be way less probably. And if they put on a good show and it's a nice little niche and we have a chance to support it, we would. Um, I enjoy the racetracks. There's a lot of beautiful racetracks in that area that... Uh, that I wish we would go to. Uh, um, so if we're in the area and we get a chance to, yeah, I'm sure we would support it. Hey, Tim, I appreciate your time. Congratulations on an amazing uh, 2022 season, back-to-back Lucas Championships, and can't wait to see what 2023 holds. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one-size-fits-all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust. But with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's 1-800-894-4455. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapid on Racing. 
race hands, we got a big announcement that's coming out of PRI involving local racing. A new general manager has been announced for the Jennerstown Speedway, and it is Brad Boxler. Brad, welcome to uh, the general manager role at Jennerstown. Thanks, Howie. I'm glad to be a part of the Speedway again. I've been around a long time and just excited to keep growing the facility and hoping that we can bring in some new events for everybody to see and build up the fan experience. Now, you, you talked about you've been, you were at the Speedway before. I can remember you were down in the corner. You were a flagman. You basically started at the bottom and now got the top position at a track. What's it like? I mean, the track closed. It was brought back. And now you're the man at the helm to continue the legacy of Jennerstown. It's definitely, um, you know, it's been a thing that I've been involved with since the age of 14, really. And uh, as you mentioned, I've been there a long time. I, I started out in the popcorn stand underneath the grandstands and have worked my way through many positions there. And I've, really, there's few things that I haven't done there. So, you know, I, I do have a, a vast knowledge of all the different things that have gone on over the years. So I'm hoping to use that to help me do my job now. And you're going full into this. You gave up your your other job and you're full-time at Jennerstown. And, you know, you're going to have big shoes to fill. I mean, Billy Rebar, he brought a lot of good shows to the track and a lot of great exposure. Are you planning to go in and try to make your own mark or are you going to try to continue on some of the stuff from the previous management group? Well, we know that we have some big shoes to fill with Billy. He definitely did make his mark on the track, and we appreciate his efforts over the years and uh, definitely can't thank him enough for what he's done to get the Speedway out there, and we hope to continue a lot of the same things that he's done and hopefully introduce some more new things and keep building on the foundation that's there. As far as staff goes, you want to bring in your own, or are you going to work with the staff that's been there? Uh, not a lot is going to change as far as staffing. We're going to keep, you know, the people that are in the positions that they're in. You know, there's not a lot that we really feel needs to change. So I wouldn't look for any major changes uh, for the 2023 season. And Brad, what's it like? You started out, your dad's been the pace vehicle driver, whether it's a car or a truck, for decades. You started out on the popcorn stand. Being that little kid running around that speedway trying to hide from mom and dad and not getting in trouble, now being the man in control of it, what's it feel like? I mean, this has to be a dream job for you. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a dream come true for me. Uh, you know, I've been around that place a long time, and when the facility closed for those years, it you know kind of broke my heart to watch the weeds growing and everything like that. And like I said earlier, Billy was a big part of you know bringing it back from that, and I can't thank the ownership group enough for the hours and the money and everything that they put into the track to bring the track back. Um, it's really, it's, it's Western Pennsylvania's finest motorsports facility and just want to keep it going and, and keep the flag, you know, carry the flag for the, the future. Race fans, that's Brad Boxler, new general manager of the Jennerstown Speedway. Thank you, Brad. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. 
Come see daring drivers competed late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. No one covers motorsports like Rapidon Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapidon Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble. A former driver and track promoter, Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Rapid on Racing. Race fans, right now we're going to get a word with a gentleman who loves racing so much, he builds his own cars for uh, safety purposes, and the fact that he's a perfectionist and they come out the way he wants. Also, we owe him a big thank you because he's re-erecting the Appalachian Mountain Speed Weeks. The owner of Bernhausel Race Products, this is Mr. Jim Bernhausel. Jim, ra- welcome to Rapping on Racing. Hey, Howie, uh, thanks for having me. Glad to, be, glad to do this. And, Jim, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. The craftsmanship on your car is second to nothing. And, I mean, it's always impeccable welds and everything. And you kind of make yourself... The cars are perfect when they leave your shop. But I was talking to you yesterday, and you're trying to bring back the street stocks by making these frames. And on top of that, along with your late models, you're bringing back a a series called the Appalachian Mountain Speed Week. What made you decide to take on the bringing back the Appalachian Mountain Speed Weeks? Well, you know, I I do love the sport. That's that's why I, I got into this a long time ago. I've been in love with it since I'm a little kid, and I'm obviously way past that now and uh you know as i get to twilight of my driving career i've been looking for other things to do maybe i would say you know i've been very blessed our uh god's been good to us our business has, has grown i got my sons moving into leadership roles and i got great young employees or 13 uh, really good people working for me and it frees my time up for some for some other projects and uh you know, I've, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about the state of racing. There's a lot of good things going on, but there's also some things that I think are, are not good for the sport, not good for the future. And, you know, it's one thing to sit on the sidelines and complain about them, How It's another thing to stick your neck out and go, okay, well, I'm going to try and be a part of the solution. So, I... Um, yeah, we, we always loved the uh, the Speed Week format. Uh, you know, that we knew the guys that had done it, and uh, you know, we uh, we knew that time just became an issue for them. So I reached out to them, you know, and said, "Hey, you know, I'd like to take this on. I don't want to step on your feet. You know, you had done it before, and and you know, I got their blessing, got their blessing to to use the name again, and uh, the the whole thing has taken on a life of its own. Actually, the support from everyone has been incredible. Now. In the past, the promoters always had cars that would run the series. Are you going to uh, 
sit back and just do the management role, or are you guys going to field the 119 or the 31 that you drive sometimes? Yeah, so I'm going to race the 31. I'm going to start in a pole, a lap ahead of everybody in every race. Uh, <laughs> no, I am I am not going to race. And actually, we've hired a staff already. To I say hired a staff. We've uh, contacted and, and uh, come up with a staff that is going to handle sign-ins and registration and lineups and tech. And so all of those things will be out of my hand. So my my boys and my crew will be racing the 119, although on those nights I won't be involved with it other than being a fan. Uh, you know, we've uh, gone to great lengths to make sure, you know, we've insulated our, ourselves from, from any chance of favoritism. I think anybody that knows me knows we wouldn't do that. But also human nature is how human nature is. So, you know, we've tried to insulate myself from making any kind of calls, any judgment calls, and I'm not, I'm not going to be involved in that end of it. So, and uh, of course, we want to support our our own series, and actually, we'd like to win it. So, <laughs> we we are going to race it with the 119. Now, is your plan to do the original Appalachian deal one week? Because uh, I remember towards the end they were doing the two weekend deal. Right. Some of that became an issue with them because of time, and they were guys that worked for a living and were trying to do that because they loved the sport as well. Uh, we're going to do one week. The concept is eight races in 10 days. Um, we've already got a, a generous point fund. Uh, we're calling, uh, looking right now at paying uh, $5,000 to win the points. Tenth and points will get $500. Uh, nice purse in between. Everybody will get... Um, uh, a really nice trophy in the top 10 and we're actually working with a sponsor right now to come up with an additional loyalty program so that anyone that would make all the races but not end up in the top 10 in points would also get a bonus. Uh, we have sponsors already for and we're going to reveal all these sponsors here soon. Um, but we have sponsors for each event is going to have a $200 uh, cash prize for the Fast Time Award, $100 cash prize for the Slow Time Award, which is pretty unique, $100 uh, cash prize for the Hard Charger of the night, $100 cash prize for the for the uh, Hard Luck Award of the night. So, And we're also working really closely with the tracks to to make sure that you know it's well attended for them. That's one thing we're going to really ask the fans to support this because you know, we want this to be an event that's successful for everyone. It's good for our local and regional racers, uh, good for our tr- local and regional tracks, and good for our local and regional fans. Now, I know in the past, the Appalachian had Rick Eckert come in, McCready would come in and win races. How do you prevent something from like that happening not saying that those are bad drivers but they're national drivers and it seems like you're gearing this more towards the local driver yeah so obviously uh, i have no axe to grind with with any of those national guys and if they want to come race with us we would welcome with open arms honestly fans like and seeing them as well having said that we want it to be for the local and regional guys that's what's geared around and uh, so we're not going to keep anyone from coming. I will tell you, our point system is structured so that you absolutely have to be there to even have a shot at it. And uh, our first two nights happen on a Dream Weekend. So, you know, that's going to kind of exclude them guys from that night. And, and again, it's not because we're trying to exclude them. That's just the only, really, the only dates we could find that was going to work in, in a busy summer schedule. So, uh, yeah, we, and we geared it toward 
toward the local guys. We've also tried to keep the purses um, in a in an area that I think will be extremely attractive to the to the local racers. For example, our minimum purse is four thousand to win, four hundred to take the green. Uh, several tracks have already agreed to have five thousand to win, five hundred take the green race. Uh, and or six thousand to win is six hundred take the green events uh, with a real nice purse structure through the middle as well, which as a racer that's something that I always appreciate. Uh, you know, so it's it's not like a, a gigantic purse that's really going to attract a, just a, a money chaser, but it's it's something that we feel really reward our local guys. Now I mentioned before you're a former driver. You you're the owner, current driver. I'm sorry. Yes, you are. You're a current driver, number thirty one. Uh, semi-retired? Semi-retired. Okay. Okay. I, I worried it finally on the third try correctly. But you've been building these laser cars, and, and last year your son got in a bad accident. And I was talking to him yesterday about that. But I'm going to ask you, as Jim Bernheisel, when you go to the track, there's basically three of you. There's Brian and Brandon's dad. There is the owner of the laser chassis and developer of the laser chassis. And you're also a team owner. But when you go to the track, you take... All these cars are special to you because you guys are building them. Do you take more pride in when a customer wins a car versus Brian behind the wheel of your car? I, an honest answer would be that it's probably equal. Um, obviously, there's a... A certain sense of pride just because he's my son and his brother is his crew chief and and you know there there's been great uh, uh brother driver crew chief combinations uh, in our sport uh, dale and shane mcdowell uh, uh steve francis and his late brother you know that that you know it's just something that's really cool and and for me to be their dad it's really pr- uh, neat to see that having said that as far as a car builder you know our businessman man we just love seeing our cars go good and win races it, it gives us great satisfaction we designed it we built it you know somebody asked us at the show you say man this thing's really nice you know what's it based off of what is it copied off of man i'd rather cut my arm off than copy somebody else's stuff and you know it's, it's our concept it's our design and we're proud of that also, it does put additional pressure on our team. You know, people don't understand we are not a professional race team. Uh, we, we race on weekends because we love it like everyone else. We work on our cars evenings and weekends. Uh, but we do recognize that we're still representing our company. And, and there is a certain amount of pressure that goes with that that sometimes takes the fun right out of it. But that's part of it. Now, your son Brian races and you race. Did you guys ever have the opportunity to battle out for a lead? Oh sure, lots of times. Actually, we've uh, we've run one two several times. Um, actually, the the opener this year at Seals Grove, uh, Brian won and I was second opening night, and he went on to win the points championship. I will tell you though, that particular night, for example, uh, he jumped me on the start, and the sun was in my eyes, and I found out later that his brother gave him a better setup than I had. So I got and got screwed over on that deal, you know, because I, I guess because they thought the old guy couldn't win, but I, I was trying to rectify that later in the year. <laughs> It sounds like when you guys go to the track, it's more important to have fun and stay safe. And whoever finishes higher, finishes higher, and they'll get ribbed by the one who finished behind them all week. Yeah, it, we really do enjoy racing against each other, and we were extremely competitive by nature. And I told my boys when they were growing up that, 
you know, if they ever beat me at anything, even if it was a game of Monopoly, they beat me fair and square. I don't let them win. Um, you know, it's interesting in my, my career, I'm going to be 65 this year. Uh, however good I once was, was is for someone else to decide. But I'm not that guy anymore. I mean, I'm older. I don't see as good. My reflexes aren't as good. I don't have as good a stamina. Uh, but, you know, I'm still fairly competitive, very competitive actually, and and I actually am competitive in my mind. So I, I never want to be that guy that's in the way or embarrassing himself. You know, my car owner, uh, Denny Superco, the 31, is a great guy. Uh, he makes it a lot of fun for us. But when we get to the track, we do try to have fun. We take it very, very seriously. And we do, we do get angry with each other from time to time. Is Brian, your son, aware that you got a new sponsor coming on this year, Social Security? Yeah, well, no. Uh, it has actually been talked about. Uh, I was actually teasing the boys the other day. I said, you know, I've worked really hard for a lot of years to to get uh, pretty successful, and uh, now I'm planning on retiring and dying. It just doesn't seem right, but well, what are you going to do? It's, it's part of life, you know, and, and uh, I'm, as I said, I've been very blessed, and, and uh, I'm trying to enjoy uh, what God has given me and be a good steward of, of what he's given me. And you are a great ambassador of God and a great ambassador of racing. And I want to thank you for all that you have done in the past and currently doing for racing. And uh, thank you for your time here at PRI. And uh, race fans, be sure to check out Bernheisel Racing Products, home of the Laser Chassis. And you could also check out the Appalachian Mountain Speed Weeks. Uh, I'm sure there will be a Facebook page and website coming out. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Howie. Yeah, the, we're Appalachian Mountain Speed Weeks is uh, kickoff is Saturday, uh, June 9th, and we'll we'll run through the following Sunday. Uh, the tracks are going to be announced uh, real soon. Here we got them locked up. We just wanted to cross some T's and dot some I's. Purses are going to be announced. Sponsors, uh, we're just putting the finishing touches on that right now. The website's being designed right now. The, the new logo's already designed. Uh, we're going to see the official launch uh, here extremely soon, and and. Uh, Love to hear any questions, comments, or support. I'm sure it's going to be awesome because everything you do, you've done the best you can, and everything has been a success. Yeah, thank you, and uh, look forward to, to building on that, and uh, look forward to have some fun racing this summer. Thanks again, Jim, for your time. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Howie Bayless. Race fans, right now we're going to get a word with a driver who might be the comeback story of the 2022 season. In 2021, he flipped his late model out of the track. That was, I believe, at Sillings Grove. Williams Grove. Williams Grove, I'm sorry. And in 2022, got back behind the wheel after his neck healed up, picked up three wins in the Sillings Grove Championship. This is the driver of the laser chassis house car, Brian Bernheisel. Brian, congratulations on a great 2022 season. Yeah, thank you very much. It's good to be back in the car. Now, you were born into racing. Your dad, a former Stars Rookie of the Year, won features on Max Series and a whole bunch of other. And you were born into this. And then you took over the driving details probably, what, about 10 years ago or so? I know. I wouldn't even say. I have a horrible memory with things like this. It's... It's been quite a long time. I think my first race was in 2006, uh, which would have been in a limited car. But, you know, I ran a really short schedule then and kind of worked around him. It's probably only been in the last half dozen years that I totally kicked him out and took over as the head driver. <laughs> and you met, we talked about the accident at Williams Grove. 
And building the car, do you think that was an advantage? God forbid, with the accident, you could take that knowledge and make the lasers even better? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I wasn't even sure of the extent of my injuries at the time. Uh, I'm still sitting in the car, laying outside the track as the safety crew's coming over. And they started working on cutting the cage off. And I'm screaming to my dad, like, don't let them throw anything away. I want to take all this home to look at it. Uh, So, like, even before I knew I was going to be okay, I wanted to make sure that if we had a problem, we need to address this and fix it. (laughs) Now, what did you guys ultimately do with that car? Did the car end up getting scratched, scrapped, or uh, were you able to get the information you wanted to to improve the new cars? Yeah, so the car itself, that thing was junk. I mean, it, it got beat to death. Uh, as far as what we learned from it, unfortunately, that my injuries in particular was really a freak deal. Uh, there's, I don't think, too much more we could have done to help protect me. You know, the biggest thing that we took away from that was you need to be proactive on your safety. And so one thing we had determined on my seat uh, prior to that is because I'm so tall that I needed a custom seat and the headrest should have been higher. And we decided, you know what, let's, uh, we'll handle that the next time we get a seat. Big mistake, don't ever do that. Uh, that contributed heavily to my neck injuries. Um, aside from that, though, you know, the track was ultra wet, uh, almost like Play-Doh, and when I first flipped, the cage actually sunk into the track and scooped up a couple hundred pound chunk of dirt, which is what hit me in the head. And, I mean, that's pretty rare. That's not going to happen that often. So short of welding a plate over the driver door after the driver climbs in, there's n- not a whole lot you can do there other than maybe get the halo out farther to give a, a little more head clearance. Um, but even aside from that, you know, that's some of the information we gleaned from that. And we're keeping that in the back of our mind as far as what design changes we make going forward, even from now. What about something as simple as a window net or um, a roof net? Would that have helped in the, you know, looking back? So I, I think a window net would help. Uh, the way we currently do them in the sport, we usually use those chintzy aluminum rods or something to fasten them. I don't think that would have done anything because it would have just blown straight through that. Um, but there is something we had there. I, I do want to start running a, at least a half net in my cars again. You know, we kind of got away from that in this sport when we went to full containment seats. They took that out of all the rules. And that was probably a mistake. I think we need to maybe head back that direction, but... Uh, that's definitely something we're looking into as well. Now, you got the new self-containment seat in the car, and, you know, it, it had to suck for the fact that you guys build your own car, the laser chassis, but it also kind of had to give you a little bit of pride, if this makes any sense, that the way the car stood up and you stood up. And I know you were injured, but it, ultimately it could have been a lot worse. Absolutely. Like I said, the injury itself was, you know, from the mud. So the frame itself did its job. I mean, nothing, the cage didn't collapse. There was nothing like that. Uh, So we were really happy with the performance of the car in that regard. And even so, though, we we made upgrades. Like this, this car compared to that one I flipped, it's taller cage, you know, heavier tubing. We're always looking at the safety aspect. (laughs) 
and you guys not only worry about yourself, but what's it like when you go to the track and there are other laser cars and you, you and your brother are working on your car and, and you got customers coming up, hey, my car's doing this or that. What's that make like on a race night? Is it more hectic or, you know, do your customers realize on race night we're Team 119, we're not Team Laser? Yeah, so that's that's a tough balance to strike, um, you know, because we'd like to do that. We'd like to ignore everyone else and just do our own thing. And being the manufacturer, we can't do that. that uh, so we do our best to help them. Um, you know, and also then our customers, they're kind of like our advertisement too, right? So we want them to do well because it makes us look good. So we do our best to balance that of like not getting too sucked into what they're doing so we can still do our best as well, you know, but also give them the help they need. How hard is it when you're, you're there racing and, and everybody's coming up and, you know, don't matter what I do, you know, we set the car up, but we get to the track and the team goes back to their base setup and the car does what it always does. How hard is it frustrating when they won't listen to you, but they always want to keep on coming back? Yeah, you know, that that's part of the deal, and it's natural, right? You try new things, and it doesn't work, so you fall back to what may have worked one time three years ago. And it's a pitfall we all fall into, you know, even we do. We go back through our notes, and we might try something that worked once, and, you know, we, we might have to push stuff like, okay, this, it might have worked, it's not now, we need to just leave that go, and, you know teaching our customers how to parse that because sometimes you do need to go back to what you know if you're out in left field trying something at some point you have to realize okay this isn't working anymore where do we need to head from here um so so that's difficult to figure out sometimes especially in the context of dealing with customers because now we're not really sure where they're at you know they tell us where they are but we don't have all the information because we didn't work on it so it's tough to figure some of that out now i know besides the late models you guys have made e-mods in the past but now you're coming out with the chassis that's on display here at pri would you care to tell us about this uh, yeah, so street stocks are kind of a mess in general. Tracks and series all over the country have wildly different rules, and, and that's a problem for another day. But then their next problem is that you can't get the frames anymore. You know, we're all using these rusty, bent, crashed chassis from or frames from 30 years ago, and they just don't exist anymore. Uh, there's no more new ones. They're so there needs to be a replacement. So what we tried to do is use our reputation in the industry. You know, we've been doing this for decades now. And that we're going to build a consistent, reliable piece that tracks and series and tech men can trust us that we're not going to make a special one for this guy or cheat that guy's car. You know, they're all going to be exactly the same. And you know, maybe move the industry towards this and try to help that class exist. Now, besides manufacturing the chassis, are you guys going to put one together yourself as a house car just to do the research to make sure mounts and everything are, I don't want to say where they need to be, but, you know, best placing or the mounts will be like they are on the, you know, 
the 30-year-old frame. Yeah. So we have done a test already, not in-house as a third party, but, you know, we sold them a frame. They put it all together and took it on the track to run it. Uh, we made sure we actually jigged this up off of the nicest frame we could find anywhere. So all the mounts are based off of a standard metric GM frame. Uh, you can use all stock components on it. There's no issue there. And we tried our best to make it not have any sort of performance advantage because while we think we need to replace these old GM frames that don't exist anymore, there are still some out there. We don't want to obsolete them either. We don't want to force guys to go and buy these. This is just another option that they can go to, and, and that's our goal with this. <laughs> and... The chassis are for sale. Do you just sell the chassis and you're on your own, or will um, Bernheis or Race Products put the whole car together? So at this time, no. Uh, we really are trying to be the replacement to the junkyard, and then from here, it would be business as usual. You put your own cage on or pay someone else to do it, what have you. Um, we are going to develop a cage, hopefully by the middle of this year, a cage kit for someone to put on themselves. But as of now, we don't intend to assemble any cars further than this out of our own shop. Are they clippable if you would get in a wreck? Yeah, so they're serialized so we can help keep track of it and give it to tech men to, so that they know what's going on. And the serial number is on the front clip, which is the usual place to get crashed. So if a guy wants to put a new front clip on, we'll keep track of what serial numbers were changed out and try to keep that all cataloged. Hey, Brian, I appreciate your time and all that you're doing to uh, keep racing going. Um, be sure to keep your eyes on the laser um, house car, Bernhausel Racing Products 119, Brian Bernhausel, the driver. Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rappin' on Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, RappinOnRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email rappinonracing at gmail.com. Race hands right now we're going to grab a word with a driver who had an amazing career as a driver and now he is in the steering wheel business. This is Mr. Max Pappas. Max, welcome to Rapid on Racing. Uh, welcome guys, great to, great to be here with you guys. I just got to ask, how did you get involved in the steering wheel business? Uh, you were a tiger behind the wheel when you st made your American debut in IMSA. And then you went on and drove in the Indy cars and made a name for yourself driving the Miller Lite car. But where did the love for steering wheels come from? 
I mean, it's uh, first of all, you know, great to be here. And uh, the love for steering will started with when I came actually in America in 1996. When you remember, when you said about what I did before, I drove the Momo Ferrari, and the founder of, uh, the, of Momo Steering Wheel Company is the person that basically taught me exactly how to create products. Then I moved in NASCAR. I had an accident uh, in Kentucky that broke my wrist uh, because we were using a very antiquated steering wheel. And from there, basically, we decided to create a better product and uh, MPI was born out of that out of the need uh, of improving the sport and you talked about a little bit about your career um, you're a road course specialist but what did you enjoy most about racing here in America the Indy cars the IMSA cars NASCAR that's what they called me in NASCAR because I never had the chance to drive a competitive car on the novel you know, so the only chance I, they, got, they got me in NASCAR was driving a competitive car on the road course. So um, I rode that and I just, you know, felt it was a good opportunity for me to, you know, to develop my skill and my knowledge on road racing. You know, I, you know, it's a good question what you say. Like, you know, for me, I, it's not about the car that I drove, but the people I work with. So I had a great, you know, I have great memories and tremendous uh, respect of everything I did in stock car racing. I love the competition in NASCAR, and uh, I really, really enjoyed uh, the competition level I had in Champcar. Hey, Max, I know you're very busy here, and I don't want to hold you up. I just want to thank you for your time, and again, for all that you've done to improve motorsports. But thank you a lot, and if you guys uh, want to take a look, you know, our company, Max Pappas Inc., uh, MPI, uh, go there and look, and basically we started... Uh, from our garage and now we are uh, market leader in steering wheel in the United States and uh, it's something that prides me because the passion that I put in my racing and it's, by the way I'm not retired you know I'm just uh, you know waiting for another good opportunity but the passion I put in racing is the same passion that I put into, into, my, into creating my business and uh, I'm glad that it get recognized. Thank you again Mr. Pappas for your time. Fans, right now we're going to grab a word with Dave Russell, the owner of Speed 77, and uh, some big news coming out. Dave, for you fans who've been a fans at Jennerstown, back in 2016 when they reopened, Dave won the first uh, late model feature there. Now you have the Speed Shop, and you're talking about coming back some this uh, upcoming season in 2023. Yeah, we're, we're considering coming back up. We did buy a motor, a Rush Seal approved motor, so we're ready. You know, if when time allows, we're going to come up. I might have Cal Gale in the car or myself because uh, Cal Gale is now working pretty tight with Speed 77 with our shock program and data. You know, our we do data service, and Cal's doing all our data testing as well. What's it like going from the driver's seat to being a consultant um, when you were with... Um Dr. Reagan, you were consulting and driver coach and crew chief and in that. Do you miss the driving part, though? 
Yeah, we do, and I still try to get in the car at Lancaster when we can know when time allows because, you know, our main focus is Speed 77 for the Saturday night racers. So when I have a chance to get in the car, it could be two, three, four times a year, you know, I'm going to take that opportunity when it arrives. And you were always a very loyal Howe chassis guy, and Howe got out of asphalt racing. So what are you doing now for chassis? Um, you building your own, or are you going to convert over some other ones? Well, we still have, I still have a brand new Howe car. We got, I just sold one. I, I actually bought the last two cars they built. So I have one brand new one. I sold one to a local guy up in Lancaster. Um, we are going to develop our own chassis. Um, we do have the prototype. It's here, at DR, it's here on DRP's display at PRI. Um, I believe this is going to be a, a production car from Speed 77. And you also have another gentleman working with you that won championships and a lot of races at the Jennerstown Speedway, uh, Rick Boyer. Yeah, Rick, Rick came about, uh, Rick and I started a relationship through Howe when Rick ran uh, his Howe car, and now Rick is a full-time employee of Speed 77. He is, comes with a wealth of knowledge. Um, he's very, very smart uh, when it comes to our chassis, uh, you know, the chassis geometry portion of it. Rick's, Rick's doing a fine job for us. And what's it like when you take a bunch of drivers who competed against each other and now you're all working for one common goal. Does, um, you know, what's it like? Obviously, you've got to leave all the egos at the door, and everything you're doing is to benefit Speed 77. Yeah, they're, they're, it's actually a benefit because, you know, we get you know, every driver has a different perspective of how they want a car to work and how they want it to turn. How it, so it, it, it's actually helping us a lot because... When, when we do go to the racetrack to, for racetrack support with our drivers, I can bring Rick, and sometimes it's, you know, you have different aspects of, you know, the driver feel, and it actually helps things, you know, come together a lot quicker. And we, you know, I do things a little different, he does a little things different, and so does the next guy. So it, it's actually working quite well. And Rick has a lot of experience with this style of car, with, uh, he, dominate the PA Legacy Series. When Jennerstown brought out the 603 crate late models, he won the inaugural championship. And you have a lot of late model experience. So, you know, it has to be good when you guys can just go and bounce ideas off each other. Oh, yeah. It, uh, I think that's what's stepping up speed 77 because we work tight with Cal Gale and Bubba Gale. Rick has, Rick uh, you know, brought a different aspect to it, and it's just all gelling. Now's a chance for you to go ahead and thank everybody. I mean, you have a lot of great sponsors here on the Speed 77 um, car here at PRI. But let's talk about all the companies that help make Speed 77 what it is. Yeah, um, Dave Regan for Center for Plastic Surgery out of uh, Williamsville, New York. You know, Dave and I have been partners, racing partners for... uh, 20 plus years and now we're both partners at Speed 77. We got Schultz Fuel Systems, Gordon Racing Engines, DRP Race Products, Swift Springs, um, Gale Force Suspension, you know, that's pretty much five star. You know, these are all the main people that, you know, help Speed 77. Dave, car looks beautiful. Um, Appreciate your time and good luck in 2023. Thank you very much. Hi, race fans. This is Michael Norris, the super late model champion from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing.
Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to thank all of our marketing partners who helped make our 2022 a success. Rourke Automotive Group, Cheplick Packing, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, Rock Auto, Next Gen Outdoor Services, Summit Racing Equipment, Basil Race Fuels, Coca-Cola, Calusi Chevrolet, The Coriopolis Record, Isley's, J.D. Hall Excavating, Octane Customs, Precise Racing Products, Hoosier Tire Mid-Atlantic, Racing Junk, Rhino Racing Classifieds, Yingling, Zarin Truck and Automotive, and Zoofall Communications. We would like to also congratulate our 2022 champions in the Rush Late Models, Philip Ubeck, in the Hobby Stocks, Frank McGill, for the Chuplick Series, Logan Catellis, in the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, AJ Poljack, in the Open Four Cylinders, Craig Rudolph, and in the Young Guns, Emmy Laboon. Stay tuned to our social media channels and our website, ppms.com, for upcoming information regarding our 2023 racing season. The staff at Rappin' on Racing would like to thank our marketing partners, Curtis Power Solutions, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Alternative Power Sources, Zarin Truck and Automotive, and RPS Financial Solutions. Without these companies, Rappin' on Racing would not be possible. hope you enjoyed today's program. If you have a driver or a competitor that you would like featured at Rappin' on Racing, please send us an email to rappinonracing at gmail.com. Thank you. Speedway proudly presented Rappin' on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in for another installment of Rappin' on Racing. Stand on it!